your mind starts putting it in a box when maybe there isn't a box, you know? And uh, that box is right. Zero ceiling, zero boxes, zero yeah. self, zero any fucking limitations. Just pure a cannonball smashing through. The, let's see how far it goes in any fucking direction. I could have come out first with with like uh, an equivalent of a greatest hits or an easy listening, like all two minutes, little candy nuggets. I could have easily done a revolver kind of style album, but I chose to say, fuck that. If you can get through the occasion, you're with me. If you can't, then why bother anyways? Um, so I didn't make it easy on people by starting with an eight and a half minute track, but I feel like if someone survives listening to that album, and likes it, I've got them for life. Like they, yeah. they, they're, they're not gonna find anything like it. Today on the show, we are joined with the one and only Harkness. And I use the phrase, the one and only, because you're not going to find a musician like him anywhere in the world. Harkness is such a unique act, and you're going to hear all about it today. Also, to let you know, currently he has a documentary team following him around. I met him at an industry showcase where they were filming his set which was so captivating and entertaining. And around that, as I was talking to him, there was a little camera over my shoulder. And also with this interview, I told them they could use whatever they want. So down the road, whenever this documentary is finished, you might see your boy Sean make a little cameo if they decide to use it. But yeah, around all that, I'm excited to share this artist with you today. Did I mention there's nothing like him? And yeah, that's what this show is all about, telling these stories of unique individuals. And I can break down the conversation we had today about Harkness and just life as a creative in general. But why don't you listen to it right now? So, uh, so yeah, let's just jump right into it. Uh, Mr. Harkness, uh, I saw you play the other week and it was great. Um, what I really appreciated about everything about you is it's beyond the music. It's... Uh, it's an experience, your whole thing. And I kind of want to know just the roots of what Harkness is and how this came to be. Hmm. I, I, I don't even know how to answer that, but uh, there's so much to do. The music leads the way, but I love art and I love many other performers and visuals. And it really is just a natural evolution of things that just came together. I mean, I don't think my performances are anything like Prince or any other great performances, but they sure inspire you to do what the fuck you want. And, and so I also have a really creative a gang of people that I grew up with and around me. So I might be spitballing with them saying, hey, I'm gonna play live, like any ideas? So it really, and they'll say, yeah, get some cool banners behind you. Someone said, have you ever seen these stands you can have your guitar on? So I compiled all these bits of information with just dream in my bed, all the, all the things that were coming at me go, I got to do this DIY. I got to do it cheap. I can't afford a band. What what's realistic? So a lot of it was realistic stuff, things I could afford. A lot of the things you saw were taped on with scotch tape. I mean, it's really, <laughs> it's like that's Amazing. it's a pure little rascal show, and there are a bunch of people behind the curtain. I mean, through the years, it's been a long dialogue with friends and people who know me well, and cooking up silly stuff. You know, my girlfriend and I a long time ago came up with this whole thing uh, because I was saying. I really want to share the music, but I don't want to share me and I want to be anonymous. And there's a lot more to this. There's a lot more layers to this uh, uniform or whatever you want to call it. Um, but 
yeah, I was just laying in bed with her one day and she was talking about the, uh, the National Enquirer when people don't want to be seen. They just put a bar in front of their picture. They used to do that. Like, let's get oh, a bar. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that. And eventually cool. made a mirror so it reflects the listener actually sees themselves in my reflect. You know, it's just all this stuff that t- kept tumbling and tumbling. And plus, to be honest, I didn't want to worry about my hair. I didn't want to worry about how I look. <laughs> yeah, perfect. This takes, this takes about 60 seconds to put on. Mm-hmm. I could roll out of bed, put this on and go on stage. There's oh, just that's amazing. Low maintenance. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's so ideal. <laughs> bunch of reasons, bunch of reasons. Yeah, and even um, what's interesting too is uh, prior to the show, uh, I uh, I looked you up on Spotify and I was listening to the music and I was actually expecting to see a whole band. And what impressed me, it's like, just seeing this one guy and you have a guitar and bass on these stands with like lights and you'd like you'd have like a bit of a backtrack but you're jumping from different instruments piano and again it's like again beyond just music it turned into just an experience (laughs) in a stage show and uh yeah you mentioned like just maybe not like uh being on the level of like some of your idols but I think like you're pushing towards something very special with this Wow, cool, cool. You know, there was fear when I bounced it off of certain people too in the industry. I kind of, I have friends of friends with record deals and managers. So I constantly do my best to reach out to people who might know better in quotations. Mm-hmm. And one of the fears that one guy was trying to talk me out of what I wanted to do by saying, it's going to be too much for people. Like, what is he, what's he going from there to there? They're just going to be confused the whole time. And I just ended up sticking with my guns. Like, fuck it. Mm. I want to be a monkey in a cage. I want to have fun. I equate it to floor hockey or hockey or anything. Cause I love all that stuff too. Mm. I want to fucking have fun. And how, what's the best. Can I swear? Should I not? Yeah. Swear? You can fucking say whatever the fuck you want. Right. Here. Okay. Good. <laughs> Get that out of the way. But I just wanted to have fun because it could just be me alone in a bar with two homeless guys getting free shots and coming and going. And that's it. And I got to have fun no matter what this the outcome is. So I, a lot of it was just, man, if I can go, if I can play the verse on that, but the, the bass part's more fun in the chorus. And yeah, why, yeah. why not? Why not? The, the why? thing is, I, I feel like sometimes people try to put too many rules on what a show should be and i i would think like differently like if i was at a festival and there was like 30 bands playing all day and uh i'm walking by and i see somebody like you doing your thing out of the corner of my eye i'm gonna be like what the fuck is this (laughs) thing i'm gonna i'm gonna stop and like look at it you know like yeah so i think there's something special with what you're doing and yeah it's uh again like an experience and everything I really, really envision it with a drummer, though, a kind of a white stripesy thing, a duo. Mm. So there's some energy build between the two of us. I mean, right, I'm happy to kind of fly the kite myself and, and do the free fall. But it's really nice to lean into somebody else on stage, too. And I, I really hope that I can find the right person. I already bought the electronic drums. I programmed them. I'm ready to plug someone in as soon as I can find the right guy. But he's got to wear this. He's got to be OK doing a few of these here and there. <laughs> yeah, some little moves here and there. So yeah. Maybe not for everybody, but I think, yeah, be, yeah. I think it'll be up a notch. I, I uh, with another dude up there and drum breaks and other things we can come up with together. Yeah, that that sounds really cool. And what's amazing too around all this, uh, you're being filmed for a documentary. 
And I kind of want to know how this experience is always having like a camera behind you on your journey and everything. You know, it's just unbelievably ironic uh, is the fact that in a perfect world, I would be invisible. Like a lot of people feel that way. I just want to be invisible, be like the wind and enjoy things and just not have any kind of part of this was not wanting to have I'm camera shy and stuff like that. So the fact that now I have camera on me so much of the time, more than you can imagine over here the night before the show, she's in my bedroom asking me, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. Um, God love her though. I mean, luckily the person who ended up doing it, Masha is a God, an absolute godsend of a person and unbelievably considerate and all that stuff. Um, but, uh, I can get to how it came about, but I just wanted to say how, how it's the last thing I would have necessarily wanted, but it's ah, happening. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, how many, many artists, whether it's Bob Dylan being a great example, they're, they, in their in- interviews, they give just breadcrumbs. Yes. They're trying to get something out and they give you nothing, nothing, nothing. I know that as I was making music and making this album and, and eventually going to come out as an artist, that's how I wanted to come out. I want it to be, let the music do the speaking, ambiguous lyrics. Maybe I'm saying something big, maybe I'm not, but I'm not going to fucking tell anyone anything. They got to figure it out. Yeah. But now with this doc, I've, I've revamped all that thinking and I'm doing a open wound thing where I'm telling her everything about, we mm. just got to that place with talking to friends and people encouraging me, they're going to do it. You, you gotta, you can't be this hidden guy for a whole doc. So I've just opened everything wide for her mm-hmm. and she's been just amazing. I, I, I very much might regret it <laughs> you know, <laughs> hugely, massively, but um, I think yeah. it's yeah, it's something that like, is like one of those like we'll see type of things. But I think it's actually really cool. I find uh, sometimes um, like I'll, I'll hear music and I might not be like into it. And then I'll see like an interview with like a certain artist or whatever, like a pop star. And then you get start getting to know them. And then as I don't know, somebody as a listener to like I start perceiving their music differently like you feel like you have like an emotional connection with them so i think this is kind of cool that people are going to be able to get to know you and uh on this journey and uh, do you have like a end date of this doc or is it just going to keep going until it's uh it's you find an ending because that's the crazy thing about filming documentaries it's uh true go forever like yeah, yeah, we we have a sketch of an end date, meaning next uh, early fall, September, let's say. And uh, there's so many things that we hope to happen, and it's to be just extremely difficult um, making any impression anywhere, whether you're dressed like this or dressed with a flannel shirt. Or there's so many bands and so much noise. So I don't think I'm near where I hope to be. You know, after all the work I've put in. And uh, so if, if we just can't get anywhere by the end of that date, another year, because it could just be on the same place, um, we might push it a little further. But essentially, we had a chat just last night, and she said all she really needs is to find a nice moment to end. It doesn't have to be a successful moment. It could be me meeting one person that connects and we both cry or whatever, and that's the end of the movie. She just needs something um, a special moment brought about by 
either my efforts or the music. And it doesn't have to equate uh, success or big success in any way. And she has not found that moment yet. So we got to we, we gotta keep going. Yeah, but I feel like no doubt it will come. You're out here, you're working, you're you're playing shows now that the, the world is slowly opening, you know? And uh, yeah, like that stuff just happens uh, naturally, like on your journey of, as an artist, if you don't quit, you know? Like the moment will come in time, whether it's like a year, two years from now or anything, Right, right. And the reality is I have a shitload of music and albums already written, um, much recorded, not not everything finished, but I just have so much to keep shoving at people for the next mm. five years. Like it's yeah. going to be nonstop, whether they like it or not. And we'll see what that where that goes. But yeah, I ain't stopping anytime soon. That's for oh, sure. That's, a lot that's good. That's good to hear. And uh, this, do you ever find it like a like I feel like the documentary thing is beautiful. Like, like I mentioned too, people are going to get to know you, but do you ever find like some days you wake up and you're just like tired, not in the mood. And you're just like, why the fuck did I sign up to this? Shit? Of course. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A lot of the times. And another thing is that, so you'll have Masha over here. Cause it's usually just one-on-one. -on -one. It's very gorilla. She's dragging around her ass and I'm dragging mine. She's trying to catch up with me. Um, but there's also many, many times where, we film a bunch of stuff and I, and she leaves and I feel sick. I just feel like, Oh my God. Like she's got that on film, whether it was me rehearsing and having a horrible day, um, which doesn't happen often, but she fucking films it if it does. And, and you gotta be, and I've had to get my head around many, many curveballs as I've reacted to the experience to just let go, let go, let go, let go, let go. You, you're not going to be fucking perfect. So, mm -hmm. So now I'm kind of happily fucking up. I'm not trying to do it on purpose, but yeah. it's all, we're in a really almost magical zone, the two of us, Mash and I, with this flow. And, you know, that could go off the cliff in a ball of flames any day now. We could have a fucked up week, but we're in crazy sync. And, oh. and it's because, because there's no filter and no me trying to be precious or it's just all, all that's gone. It, it's been about a year of filming pretty regularly yeah i can see how like at first maybe you want everything to be perfect and then after a while it's yeah. just like you get used to it and get in the zone and get natural that's kind of like a little bit uh, with my podcast journey as well too just uh, you loosen yeah. up after a while you get comfy and the next thing you know you forget the cameras on and it's, it's <laughs> yeah. more like a natural flow state which is mm -hmm. yeah it's, mm -hmm. it's such an interesting thing about getting filmed or putting yourself out there and and yeah. yeah, just like how your mind has to <laughs> adjust to like almost like uh, purposely forgetting the cameras there and just being you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, on that same thing as your podcast and my live show is that, to be honest, because I'm using wireless and these things are a bit outside of the box, it's different equipment. It's not just plug into the board and it's easy to go. It's a high wire act that I'm not comfortable with at all yet. And oh, wow. leading up 20 minutes, I should tell you 20 minutes, half hour before you guys arrived, I was getting no sound. The sound coming out, the speakers were <laughs> the sound guys going, everything's fine on my end. It's, it's you Harkness, like sort it out. I'm just like, I don't, and I'm not good with tech. Right. And oh, I've got, yeah. I've, and it's just, and I have no team yet right now. It's just me. I've got friend. No one was really there. <laughs> 
they could yeah. help. I mean, I yeah, and I can imagine talking. with all the instruments and patch cables going on and oh man, like it's like, and where plus, is the, you know, 20 minutes to industry showcase, however you define that, I'm, I, I can't even get my shit working. That's, that's where, that's my reality right now. And it's not a fun place. But I've had a few of those, I've had a few test gigs, same thing. It was a, it was a worse nightmare. I don't, I won't get into it. It was just inconceivably difficult to get through that show, but I, I had to turn it into um, like a flight or fight, what fight or flight kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shit was hitting the fan big time for me. Nobody knew it. And I turned it into everybody get on stage with me and dance. And like just, just went bananas <laughs> just nice. to survive the half hour. And it was incredible, it was super, super fun and, and amazing, but I've survived some scares. So I feel a bit more bulletproof, but I'm not where you're at with your podcast yet. I'm not comfortable in my live environment at all. Technically, musically, yes, but it's a fucking nightmare. I just want one person to ride shotgun with me and let's figure it out together. I don't like it being on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's the next step may have a have a tech around. But uh I don't know. I feel like the, these kind of like nightmare before the show moments, they're gonna be things you look back on and like just have a oh, laugh yeah. about or just oh, yeah. even I yeah. find um lots of different artists listen to these episodes too. I'm sure like some uh touring musician is gonna exactly know how you feel and like sympathize with that too because technology like a lot of it like sometimes you can't even control it like things just break and oh man it's it's scary <laughs> yeah yeah oh boy mm-hmm. yeah do your and best I'm, to be ahead of the curve but good luck it's mm-hmm. you know, shit's coming yeah and what's around your epic show too it's like as you play too even as i notice you're like soloing jumping on different instruments you have chops and like so many different instruments and everything and i kind of mm-hmm. want to know like how you got into music and what was like the first thing you picked up and everything because you obviously been doing this a long time yeah yeah quite a while well real typical upbringing both my parents were musicians my dad was had a band until i was 14 he played weekends and it was a little orchestra with horns and stuff like that which obviously affected me and my instrumentation Um, my mom was a great piano player and a french horn player but she was also the local piano teacher And so, of course, she's teaching her kids, too. But she also sent us to a really nice piano teacher, not nice person, but a good uh, she was a bit of a um, (laughs) a hardcore piano teacher, old school slap. Like we got we got hit a bit. Um, But but so I think I started piano at four or so. And I think I did my first recital at five, but it was Twinkle Twinkle Little Star or something. It's not some Asian dude playing Chopin at five. Like I wasn't, I wasn't any of that stuff. So I played piano for a little while, pretty basic, nothing crazy. Some of my other siblings were what I would term geniuses compared to me. They were just flying off the, the shelf with the stuff. And, um, and then uh, piano for a bunch and then guitar at 12. Like a friend was already learning a bit. He showed me some Kiss songs and I was already obsessed with Kiss and the whole crazy energy of rock and roll. And so that kind of added fire. And then around, we had a band when I was about 15 and we were starting to do more uh, things like Rush, a little bit more progressive, difficult things. And our bass player just couldn't do it. And uh, it was one of those, oh, give me that things moments and so I played bass for that band and really worked hard on bass actually and it it became probably my most proficient instrument studied it with really heavy teachers for a bunch of years 
I had fantasized about going to Berkeley and the big uh, jazz places to study. I ended up dropping out of high school and hitting the road and getting a lot of STDs instead. <laughs> uh, but, but really, I mean, I had so many incredible musicians all around me on every instrument, really. And they were always a couple of years older, but I was always kind of trying to climb the ladder to get them, which meant I had to fucking woodshed to try to keep up with these motherfuckers. Mm. which is the best environment for anybody. Oh yeah. They, they were the killers. And I never felt, I always felt inferior always, which is where, where I think you learn the most. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting too. I, I find like I've been in moments like that too. Uh, I do like videography outside of this. And like, sometimes I'm doing like these shows with like all these like crazy directors and I'm just feeling so amateur, but like unconsciously, like, even though, like, you may Looking internally up. be, like, down on yourself, like, oh, I'm not as good as these guys. As you're in that environment, you're growing and, like, just picking up little down. things just by looking around and everything. And that's that's yeah. interesting. It sounds, like, kind of similar with uh, with your playing and everything, being around, like, those type of people. and Very much so. Huge, yeah. Hugely a product of my, my environment. However, you want to throw that into the analyst stuff. Because, I mean, I... I don't go there, but without a doubt, it—it's all it was all environment for me. I was I was thrown in and like swim or whatever. You know, I guess maybe that's true and not true because so I have five siblings. One of them just chose not to touch music, even though it was everywhere and all around them. He the I rebel, yeah, the rebel, <laughs> and yeah, exactly, and with good reason because all of us were we're doing circles around him and he was the young one he was like i ain't fucking competing with that shit I'm mm -hmm. like a, well, incredible hockey player though um Ooh. but i suppose i could have avoided it too if i just chose but i loved every single fucking moment of the of the the climb and yeah. still do still do yeah definitely and uh no doubt as as you as somebody sees you playing too it's uh there's so much passion into that too and uh one, one thing uh i loved too was uh during the set too like we mentioned you're the one man band type of thing and you'd like hop on the bass and do like this crazy like lick which might be the backbone of the song and then after singing like a verse or something like you you hop over the guitar and then you just start shredding a solo and like it was so uh i don't know like hypnotizing you know you couldn't like look away Good. from the stage it's just like what's he gonna do next type of moment Fantastic. I, I really had no idea what people would think of it. And this really was the first public invite and let's get some feedback. And I'm still trying to collect data about it and maybe <laughs> right. don't do that so much, or a little more of that. And but the, the general consensus has been that they just enjoyed the, the circus. Like what a yeah. great circus and, and keep developing it, whatever that means. And you know more music but whether it's a drummer and then eventually a guitarist and a full band and i'll still probably jump around i th i think even if i had a full band i would still be operating on different you know, vehicles of music yeah that's awesome too and it's something too like like i mentioned too if like you were at a festival you saw a day of bands see you this is something people are going to talk about like after the show to their friends like oh i saw this guy and he was just jumping around like playing all the instruments and everything and he, he had yeah. a visor on which was like a mirror and it's, it's it's amazing even if they don't understand all like the metaphors of everything you're doing it's uh, yeah who cares it's cool and like even brings up to the audience all these questions which is also a good thing because you're like 
you're pretty much implanting yourself in their mind and they might be thinking about it later on like after the <laughs> they like, like it or not yeah, yeah what yeah. the fuck was yeah. that like you know it's so cool I, yeah yeah well that's a, a fortunate byproduct of chance and like even this this get up it's so contradictory it's like someone wanting to be anonymous obviously making a spectacle out of himself and it's mm -hmm. but it's true that it hides me and i feel more comfortable yeah it look it looks comfortable too it looks like oh kind of God. like a, a snuggie yeah. with a hood on you know like Boom. pjs it really is i mean it's it's like a nightgown from a christmas carol or something like that <laughs> yeah yeah very comfortable christmas eve yeah, that's amazing. And uh, yeah, you also mentioned like you have like enough music for like five albums, you were saying or something like crazy. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. That. So so the next one is going to be called Chat of the Beauty. And the one after that is Bulldozer and then Get Back to the Get Go and then Billionaire, which is going to be a double. So technically five, but wow. four is a double kind of thing. And, and the reality is it doesn't mean they're any good. It just means I got a lot of, <laughs> I've got a pile of shit that I've. Uh, <laughs> That's good. It's it's, sure it's interesting. That. You have a plan too with all the music too. It's like, uh, like a, in the order, like this could last like almost a decade you know like some yeah. artists put out like two albums in 10 years you know that's true. that's true that's mm -hmm. awesome so mm -hmm. do you mm -hmm. spend like every day just picking up your instruments and just writing or well to be honest the last while since i finished the occasion um i've been doing so much other other stuff meaning even working on the live thing and, and calling tech and saying i can't get this work i mean it's been overwhelming the hours and hours and hours outside of doing what I really want to do even mm -hmm. getting the t-shirts done or the vinyl and files and artwork and then Instagram and so all the, all the stuff that all the artists are doing these days and have to do um, has overwhelmed me in a big way and I'm just dying to to look the other way and, and get playing so I haven't been recording music for a little while now um, and I'm about to any time I've got obviously I've got music there's a bunch that's already recorded that I want to mix, but there's new songs coming. I almost have to, I don't resist them, but I almost have to resist them. Like mm -hmm. I don't want anymore, if you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. I always do, always do and always welcome them, but I'm just checking something on my end here. Yeah, um, no problem. Okay, but, but yeah. And as far as having albums plan, like the ones that I listed, it's kind of a malleable plan too. I do have song lists for them, but other songs come and go and they push things around and things are constantly shifting, but I have a bit of a vibe for different albums. Mm, yeah. By the titles too. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So is it uh, like what I noticed too, like with your music too, it's, it seems like just heavy, like psych rockish type of thing. And uh, is, is like all the, is that what you mainly write or do you got like some other, uh, different styles and stuff like that or is it whatever comes out of you it, it, it's that whatever comes out of you case so if you listen to all the stuff i have here there's some funkier stuff and none of it's funk and mm -hmm. I, and i guess some of the instrumentation on the occasion some of the songs you heard me play live are bass drums guitar simple really associated with rock and roll or psych rock but some of it is more associated with stravinsky than it is psych rock like mm, some yeah. of the material that I'm doing and there's zero filter on me when I'm writing and no goal and not trying to keep it in a genre zero and essentially I recorded for 
I'm not even going to tell you how long, but over a decade, just like a pig in shit with no aim, no goal, no nothing. And that's why I have a pile of semi-eclectic stuff. Um, and if I'm watching Japanese news and someone translated to it, some kid got beat up and I will write the darkest motherfucking thing you've ever heard in your life. And I don't know whether I'll ever play it for anybody, but just go there. And then, oh, it's a, then the, the sweetest, nicest, oh, the sun came up today shit. So the spectrum is just wide open. Just doesn't matter. And I don't care. I don't think about it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's good, too. Even like uh, for doing that for so many years, too, it's mm -hmm. you're like after time, you're going to find something that's your own thing, you know? And even I said the word psych rock, but it was like, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, um, yeah. like, that's not the genre. Like, it's, it's heart, it's just Harkness, you know, and it's uh, something Appreciate people have that. to see and listen to, to actually get it, you know, and that's, yeah. I feel like those are like some of the most special things a musician can do when you just become like an, an individual, like, Mm -hmm. you know you saying psych rock that's that's what i would being put pressed i would have to say that or new psych or some kind of relate to that yeah and that came from playing my music for many people and, and asking what genre is this and a lot of them came with it's something psychedelic and psych rock and yeah you just got to find a tag yeah it's 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 weird too like because uh it's like so many people even myself it's like when you're trying to explain to somebody else what something might it is like your mind starts putting it in a box when maybe there isn't a box you know and uh, is, right zero ceiling zero boxes zero yeah. self zero any fucking limitations just pure a cannonball smashing through the let's see how far it goes in any fucking direction yeah yeah that's got to be uh very therapeutic as a writer to just uh, <laughs> not have uh that I gotta be this one thing and yeah. just like, okay, I'm gonna do what, what the fuck I want today. And what yeah. comes out, comes out. And then- Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, take maybe, a collection of stuff that sounds similar. It's like, okay, that's one EP or whatever. Like, Yeah, exactly, exactly. You kind of, and with the Occasion album, I didn't tr do that so much, but there is, there's quite a, I think I could have come out first with with like uh, an equivalent of a greatest hits or an easy listening, like all two minutes, little candy nuggets. I could have easily done a revolver kind of style album, but I chose to say, fuck that. If you can get through the occasion, you're with me. If you can't, then why bother anyways? Um, so I didn't make it easy on people by starting with an eight and a half minute track, whether you've heard the full version or not. I mean, it's, but but I feel like if someone survives listening to that album and likes it, I've got them for life. Like they, yeah. they're, they're not going to find anything like it. And and so I and it was also one of those things, the typical, well, we could all die any day and all that stuff, like only put out one album. So it was a deathbed album. I had I really wanted to do the occasion. And now I feel free to the next album is actually going to be a little more sugary. And I love that stuff. It's going to be more of a look out like one like a jukebox like it's just gonna smash people i hope nice nice mm -hmm. i like that i feel like with those intentions it will start smashing everybody you know i've how this is something i've been thinking about too it's like uh it's not even like in art with like sometimes just even waking up in the morning if you have an intention for your day mm -hmm. often like it'll make 
it happened, you know? It's, it, is, it might sound like a spacey hippie shit or whatever, but I feel like, say, like, if you wake up, it's like, oh, I'm going to have a great fucking day. Like, that stays in your subconscious and you start, like, you make pushing it towards certain things, even if you're not uh, always, like, conscious of it. Like, if, does that happen with, like, writing songs and stuff like that, where you're like, this is going to be like this, and then all of a sudden it just turns into that like that is really interesting question because i know that for some people 100 percent that that's that's it they're goal-oriented and it and it fucking helps keep the wheels on the the cave and i can definitely apply what you're saying to lots of aspects of life and it could be cooking or i'm gonna fucking ace this hot sauce or whatever but with the music and even drawings so the draw a bit, it's it's almost the opposite. It's like the only way in for me is zero understanding or zero intention or zero plan. And and yeah, that really is the only way in. But it, I think it might be different. So let's say I've finished written a song. I think the creation of the song has to be zero plan, at least for me. No idea where it's going. And then it leads the way kind of stuff. But I think once it's done, then I wake up the next day with a fucking plan because now it's done. It's orchestrated. I'm going to get the fucking all these instruments on. I'm going to mic. The, then then you can kind of I think the creative thing's one thing, but then um, making it come into physical reality, then you got to be concentrated and planning. And I think I do both. I do both. Nice, nice. Yeah. Mm. And even like it's crazy, like with like big ideas, whether you're like a musician, a comedian, a film writer, it almost like it seems like you people get in this moment where it's almost like a possession where they don't know where the idea comes from. It just kind of comes out. And that's usually like the most special thing, like where it's just, again, going back to what you were talking about, just kind of being unconscious in that at the beginning of it and just letting whatever it flow, you know, hundred percent. I mean, I know having done this for a long, long time back in the day, I'm talking decades ago, honestly, when I would sometimes write a song, it would be, you'd hear the Beach Boys or you hear the Beatles or it could be The Doors, anyone back then. And you go, I'm going to write a song like that. And you're consciously trying to do that and, and cop, copy John Lennon and, and even have a tape deck. And what harmony is they doing? Oh, how do they do it? Mm. Doing a lot of that concentrated effort with a real direction to the effort. And I know that gear in your brain that, that, that grabs the wheel and says, I'm going to try to do this in a creative way. I know that really well from doing it, but it's been maybe 15 years since I've tried to write a song. They, they just, they come and they come fast and hard and it's just, okay. And sometimes they're so brain dead, simple. Sometimes they're shit. And I just finish them. You have, I, I know a lot of artists out there, they, they're really precious with, with what they're doing and they don't finish it because it's not quite, they're not the right word. Or I kind of, I really do um, barf it out and, and you get mm. 10 and then one of them's good, but they're all finished. Ah, yeah. You don't, leave, you don't leave shit around, like finish it, move on, finish it, move on. That's been the way I've done it for my whole life. And I have the most talented friends who I know get stuck. I'm like, oh, what is this stuck thing? I get it too, because I, I I've been there a long time ago. But I think I think finding that gear where it's flows and no judgment, right, of what's coming, and then you can look back at it and either put it in the set or put it in the garbage. But mm. people get hung up mid creation. Ah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. And get I, out I feel of the way. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like even if you have a piece of something that's not perfect, maybe down the road and it could be years from now it'll work yeah. out uh, i talk to like a lot of comedians on this show too and really? they yeah. say like sometimes like they'll they'll have like a punchline and it doesn't fit anywhere and then later on it's like could be a couple years down down the line they're just thinking of this rant and it's like oh my god this is like fits right here like a puzzle and it's like boom and it's like the thing that gets the pop of the night too so it's almost like important not to throw everything out even if you yeah. don't like it you know maybe yeah maybe a piece of that later no, they could fit sure. in a different song and it'd be perfect for sure for sure i'm just checking something really briefly here i apologize yeah no problem no problem this is for my friend masha that i'm doing this there we go just keeping an eye on something oh you got a you got a little video going on on the side as well more of a recording thing she wanted just in case to have because i'm in my studio here i can do a pan around if you want but Uh so i have mike's hand he said why don't you set up a decent mic and i'll have that audio if i want to use it in with his and beautiful yeah that's that's awesome and uh also like uh like you mentioned you've been this has been a long journey too and uh when you started this did you imagine it would morph into what it is now you got the visor on and the hoodie and like i don't think no obviously not and yeah. i guess it depends <laughs> at what start because you know if it's when i was 12 obviously not i i don't even know what the fuck i was i was envisioning me on stage with like some kind of kimono and platforms you know something <laughs> different yeah. different than this um yeah. but, but you still would, were like kind of thinking more like theatrical with it right well i guess so I, i've gone through phases for sure so initially yes influenced by kiss and and stuff back then just the big spectacle stuff um and then without a doubt you start studying jazz and then you're saying no like you're just going to be really mature and refined so i went through a few periods of dressing down big time and just being sharp or, or whatever and then um different things have happened in my life to make me want to do this look and hide and whether it's hiding or dissolve there's different ways of looking at it um and uh so at a certain point this was the only way i was going to get out in front of people i I wasn't going to be comfortable going and being somebody up there i just couldn't do it psychologically i what i i no longer had enough of content of a person to present or something it's hard to describe Mm -hmm. but i can reverse engineer and say this that i've i've got this shit going on i could see a day whether it's next week or two years or three years where i just take it off and i'm comfortable and i'm just okay with it i'm just not quite there yet so this is a um um self-preservation but this is purely like armor you know it's it's Mm. it's that yeah yeah it kind of reminds me of like uh in a different way Maynard from from Tool he's like the lead singer there but he doesn't stand in the front like sometimes you might just see his silhouette and he's like behind the drummer and it's almost like right. he mm-hmm. he like you kind of mentioned like of wanting to be invisible in a way and is it just and something where you, yeah is it just something where you want just the music to do the talking and everything as well yeah I mean that's such a a, a typical artist thing and I'm one of those guys like I just you want the the music to be you don't want to be the music to be attached to anything other than the music itself so yeah yeah um if someone listens to the song as far as I'm concerned it's their song and they're the authority and whatever it means to them is right it's nothing yeah. to do with me it's their fucking opus now 
and and when I listen to Beethoven, it's you know he's not here, man. It's just me. And yeah, thank that's you really cool because even it. though like it does come from you, you wrote everything, you put the act together. Again, like it's almost like making the music a separate entity you too which is really cool and to go back to the psychedelic thing it's like oh shit yeah 100 yeah. percent. and so so many guys through the years have said that you know let the music do the speaking and i i don't know this is thank you for having me on your podcast for so many reasons and you've already been so like pigs and shit together like this is all, yeah. all making it so easy mm -hmm. and you're also helping me practice a little bit thinking about things too because i don't oh, that's know that's awesome i don't know whether i need to come up with catchphrases or um learn a new way of saying let the music do the speaking because the amount of cliches that just come out mm. it's difficult to stop them yeah but uh also yeah it's it's interesting that there's kind of dive deep beyond the layers and everything and i feel like uh even though it may sound cliche like what you're doing is definitely not cliche from my eyes like i've uh <laughs> i don't know like i feel like i've uh been doing the show uh for a long time and just interviews of different artists even beyond the show for almost a decade too and it's you're just like i can't compare you to anybody i've talked to which is Perfect. I think is is something so special and I feel like that's going to be your superpower in the end you know like it's like one Harkness and like say say you pop off and then if you're going to be the type of people or type of person uh they'll compare other people to you like they'd be like oh they're doing they're doing a Harkness thing or whatever right because, right well, I haven't gotten that far yeah but I I, I can see it getting there just because it's so unique in its own thing and I think that's totally fucking awesome and uh yeah. yeah even uh yeah just i'm not gonna take up too much of your time today but uh final question we talked about the documentary and right now not knowing what the ending is gonna be what would you want the movie to end as and it could be anything Ooh. Ooh, I, my mind just went like in a million directions <laughs> some of them were sexier than others by the oh, way yeah. but i won't elaborate you finally um, take off the robe and there's like an orgy in yeah pretty much yeah. black yeah, um, but uh but yeah to not that you want a pg answer and i i know that um i would say say really like a, a humble but ambitious ending would be that the world knows Harkness is around, period. And when I say the world, I mean media of all, anyone who covers music, who has a passion for music and is interested in music and art, that all those motherfucker writers and podcasters, they know about this music and they know about this dude, this semi-freaky dude, um, and they, they want to help share it. I just want, I want people to smell the fucking rose and go, that rose smells pretty fucking good. I want other people to smell it in a big way, not in a just local way. I want it to, the garden to be worldwide. Of course you do, right? Mm -hmm. So, so I don't anticipate that being the ending of the, of the movie at all, because that's high, high falutin stuff. But I think, you know, when I talk about be having the music speak for itself and all that stuff the reason why i'm getting the music out there is because you know the music comes you make the music i've made a bunch of music i listen to it and i do feel separate from it i mean i feel like 
one with it in one way, but I don't feel like the authority of the owner of it, but I hear it and go, this fucking shit must be heard by other people. It just, mm. it's like baking a cake of a certain recipe, grandma's recipe. You go, I want everybody to taste this fucking cake, not because I made it just because it tastes good. Mm. And, and so it's funny. I'm not, I, it, it's probably bullshit. And sometimes I hear myself speak and I, I'm not sure sometimes, but I say that it's not me trying to make it and me, this guy um, have mansions or any shit like that. I want that fucking music to be heard. And I'm just the representative to get it out there, but I definitely am not the authority on it or no fucking judge of it. Yeah. That's, that's a beautiful thing and a beautiful intention and everything. And uh, yeah, it's cool. It's a, it's, I'm, I'm so intrigued with your journey and down the road, I'm definitely going to have to have you back on for a part two, whether it's a year or two years. Love to. Love just uh, kind of catch up. That's, that's one thing uh, I think is cool about the documentary and like, cause uh, prior to me doing these audio interviews, I tried to be a film documentary oh. and, uh, and it was just, it ended up being too much work. And I'm like, I can, <laughs> I can, I can yeah. rock a, I can still tell stories in an hour by just asking questions and stuff like that. Right. So it kind of shift uh-huh. that way. But yeah, I'm so intrigued by like uh, this journey. And uh, again, in my own way, I'd like, I'd love to record more stuff with you down the Anytime. road and see where you're Anytime. at. And, and, and hell yeah. Yeah. It's so nice to meet you and everything. And uh and uh, yeah, before we go too, it's like, where can people like follow you and everything? The website's uh, harknessmusic.com. And then all my other handles are Harkness MFA. And that was because straight Harkness was taken on Instagram and everything. And the MFA is music, food, and art. Those are my eventual things I want to roll out. I have a cooking show and make cool. hot sauces and draw. And so one thing at a time, the music is going to lead and hopefully be able to to bring other interests in and stuff like that that's amazing you got you got the the intentions and the plan for the future and i i just see great (laughs) things happening with you man hope you guys enjoyed that episode with harkness i thought he was such a pleasant guy that was such a great talk it's cool to catch up with him as he's going through a very exciting time right now and like we mentioned whenever this documentary is finished we're gonna share it with you and most likely down the road have him on an episode once again audio docs baby but before we go last but not least i need to thank all you legends on the patreon and if you were on the patreon and listened to this episode early um to let you know also with the patreon things right when i'm done every episode i take the raw zoom call the second we're done recording and i just throw it on there so with the harkness episode after this interview you guys got a little exclusive chat at the end as we said goodbye. We dove into some other stuff, like another deep talk and had a bromant, and it was a good time, and I hope you guys enjoy that. And also, you get each and every one of these episodes early for just like three bucks a month. It's nothing. You buy me a coffee. <laughs> it's and I, and I can't thank you enough, and that's why I shout you all out. So special thanks to the co-producer, Jeremy Hopkin of Hopkin Design, the queen, Ola Mazuka of Sonic Fold, Ryan Watkins of Ryan Radio, Amanda McKnight of Top 10 Nerd, Pat Maloney, Ryan Campbell, Daniel Sun, Devin Staple, Mike Ulio, Jenny Potter, Jared Pepper Bronstein, a.k.a. Mr. Spicy, oh! 
Ooh, he's so spicy. And last but not least, Francis Copper, a.k.a. my mom. So once again, if you'd like a shout out and all these episodes early, you can check us out at patreon.com slash the creative imbalance. And there's a bunch of ones that are unreleased on there right now. So if you want more, go there as well. But thanks again for checking out this episode with Harkness. Hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed talking to him. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks. Peace. This heart's a stone breaking